this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Someone in your mind right now, I'm sure you've got someone on your heart this morning. Father, we thank you for this moment that we share. We thank you, Lord God, for our influence as a community. And Lord, we bless all those people that we are loving and that we are believing for and that we are, you know, praying for, Lord God. We thank you for the people at work and in our in our families, our neighbors, Lord God, and those people that we, we are reaching and just in our community, Lord, as as we Come and go, Lord. Uh, in all that we do, we, we just thank you for the work of your spirit and the love of Jesus to flow through us, Lord God, that we would be available to witness, Lord God, that people's thinking would be transformed, that they would come to a place where they realize how much you love them, Lord God. We bless the work of salvation in our community, in this nation, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord, that the fields are definitely ripe for harvest and people are hungry for God. And we bless your work here and we bless our awareness of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God's peace to you and God's love to you this morning. Would you grab a seat? Thank you. What are you laughing at? I haven't said anything yet and you're already laughing. Thanks, guys. Job. Matt's um, grandparents were uh, faithful members in our church about 20 years ago, beautiful people, and his grandfather's gone home to be with the Lord and they were super encouraging to me and just beautiful people loved God and just always had something generous to say and uh, and when I heard that and then Matt brought them to church only a month or so ago and I'm I, oh you and it all connected and I was like wow you're actually you're marked Matt you're, you're marked the grace of God um, but yeah, we're continuing um, our series, Light in the Darkness, and I'm just going to share with you this morning some of my experiences, people sharing God with me, and, and the opportunity to share God with people and love people, and just have a, a basic God conversation, an encounter where you just talk about the truth, about who Jesus is, not necessarily always preaching the gospel, uh, because not, that's what, not where some people are at. Some people just need to hear the truth that God is good, um, that Jesus was real, or that he was not a religious person, or that he was good. They don't understand that. And so I want to speak to you this morning about cultivating a heart for witnessing and just really partnering and working with the Holy Spirit, uh, having a heart where he can just land on you and just aligning yourself with him, because we often just align ourselves with what we're doing. With what we're doing, we're going to work, we get busy and, and for me, you know, I have quite a full life with four daughters and a business and it's easy for me just to get through that and I want to make sure I'm aligned with him and it's so important that we're intentional about sharing our faith, that we've got our, our eyes open and our heart aware of what God is doing and people are hungry for God and we're, we belong to him. It's right. Jesus is one size fits all. 
He's one size fits all in the human heart. It's right for him to be in your heart. And in Ecclesiastics, he says, it says that he has made everything beautiful in its time. God has set eternity in the human heart. One size fits all. Reminds me of the story of Noah. The waters, the flood, the earth, Noah in the boat. After a little while, it all started to settle down. He sent out a bird. The first bird he sent out was a raven. And it just went raven out, just out. And what do you think that raven would have seen when it went out over all that water? Well, it would have seen a heap of dead things floating around on top of the surface. And that raven, it just would have gone from one dead thing to the next dead thing. It just would have gone for the next dead thing. Just would have had the eyeball of a lion just gone over. There was a kangaroo over here, a bit of roadkill floating on the water. And it just would have gone from one dead thing to the next dead thing. It was so far away from the ark. That's why you see old crow flying around. He's still going, ark, ark, ark. He's still looking for the thing. Ah, oh, it's terrible. Oh. But that's the people. We do that, don't we? We just fill our lives with stuff. We just go from one thing and there's a void in our heart and we just go to the next thing and we just go to the next thing and the next thing and we wonder where God is. Well, it's just all dead things. There's only one thing that goes in the human heart. One size fits all. It's Jesus. He's the King and He belongs in your heart. If you wondered about that and come to give you rules or religion or anything to live by, He came to give you Him in your heart. Just that's where it is. People are hungry for God and just don't see the reality of God. People don't understand who he is or what he's done. And there's an issue, there's sort of spiritual blindness. The God of this age, it says in Corinthians, little g, God, call him whatever you want, Lucy, he has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. There's a spiritual blindness and it's so important that we share our faith. We declare the truth just in loving ways and partner with the Holy Spirit at the same time. So over sort of, you know, 20 years ago, back in the late 90s, so it was a long way, last century, go way back. So I, uh, I am hitchhiking in Byron Bay. I'm going from Byron Bay to Lismore. And I'm not sure if people, I'm assuming they still hitchhike up there. I haven't seen many around here anymore. And anyway, I get a lift with this Christian guy and he just takes the conversation from Christmas into being about Jesus. And he asks me about that and about God. And I just sort of said, because it was in my heart and, you know, it's what you say, what's in your heart. And I just said to him, well, I think Christians are quite hypocritical people, you know. They say one thing and then they do another. And that was my outlook, not on just on people, on God. And so he just said to me, well, Jesus is someone else. He doesn't, he's not those people. And you need to know who he is. And that shifted my thinking right there. Fast forward a couple of years and life has sort of shifted for me quite a lot. Um, relationships have sort of broken down. I have a friend who's taken his own life and so I'm a little bit rocked. And so my sister invites me to go to Mexico and build homes and community centres, working with a, an Australian youth ministry organisation, going over, working with an American missions organisation, going in, supporting local pastors in Tijuana. A lot of people moving up to the border 
uh, of America. There are a lot of um, multinational companies planting their uh, companies just across the border, so they've got cheap labour. So a lot of communities just popping up, shanty towns, real poverty. And so she's done a couple of trips. I've seen the photos. I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll come. I've got nothing else to do. I'll come. So during the training, which was once a month for a period of about eight months, I go and I'm, I hang out with a group of Christian people. And they've got something that I don't have. And I'm aware, I start to become, what is it with these people? They're, they've got, what, what's going on? And I didn't realise it. It was God's peace. God's peace started to sort of just gnaw on my heart a little bit. And they had, you know, they were, they were from all different kinds of churches and they had a real purpose and a significance. And around about the same time, I'm driving from East Gosford and I'm going out to the beach and I pick up a, a hitchhiker and he witnesses to me from East Gosford and I drop him off at church at Erina. Now, he definitely wasn't an angel, but he shared his personal testimony with me and his testimony was God got him off heroin and God is good and this is the gospel. Jesus died for your sins and it brought God from pie in the sky when you die to right there, steak on your plate. Put him right there and I just, my, my thinking shifted and I was curious. I could see what's going on and I dropped him off at church and I started to think, I, sh- I, sh- I should go and check out. I, sh- I should have a look. I should check this out. But what if they're freaks? What if, what if they're religious? What if the guy's wearing a robe? You know, all the little fears that sort of can pop up into someone who hasn't got a clue. And so I drive there one day and I, I just, I know, all right, I'm going to just drive there to start with. So I drive there and I'm in my car and I'm like, now I've got to get out of my car. And what if they are freaks? And anyway, a guy just walks past, says g'day, and that was it. I got out of the car, I went in, and there wasn't a guy wearing a robe. Uh, Tim was playing bass, and Leah was singing. And, and the guy sharing, preaching the gospel, just shared the gospel, and it made sense to me for the first time ever, the story of the cross. I saw it very clearly, and that was how I came to Christ, with people sharing Christ with me. And... I am so grateful for those people that put me onto the train tracks of God's grace because now I'm 20-odd years down those train tracks and I, can't, I couldn't have imagined what was this far in. You know, I, I just, you know, all the love and the grace of God and I have four amazing daughters, couldn't imagine that, and then my beautiful wife who I just, you know, I don't have enough time for the amount of love that's in my heart for this woman on this planet praise the Lord for eternity. And so, um, you know, I'm so thankful. And so this morning, I just want to look at the beginning of witnessing and the beginning of preaching the gospel and sharing your faith. So if we go to Acts chapter 1, this is where it kicks off because before then, Jesus hadn't died on the cross uh, in his ministry. He ministered. And so we learn a lot from that. But here the Holy Spirit comes And it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And they gathered around him and asked, Lord, at this time are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, that's definitely us because if you've ever been overseas, we are so far away from everyone else. And especially if you're a Kiwi, 
It's even further away. So we're included in here. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem. Oh, hang on. After he said this, he was taken before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. So he just went back to heaven. And they were just looking up there. Just, and then two angels appeared. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. So basically they just wandered back. There was, wasn't a power walk, it was a Sabbath. They just wandered back in there. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were the disciples and they all joined together constantly in prayer with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong gale force wind. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks and they started speaking in a number of different languages. I'm not sure if you ever saw this video. There was a video called Transformations Video and some Eskimos had a revival. And this experience happened to them and they were recording and the guy ran over because the whole building was shaking and he pulled the plugs out of the, all their electrical equipment and it stayed going and they recorded the thing and it sounded like a jumbo jet came into land and everyone in Jerusalem heard this at this time. It shook the whole place and they were all filled with God's spirit and what a crazy way to start. Let's, all, let's just break out in other languages of all the things that could have happened. I was just speaking in tongues and that sort of still freaks people out today, but that's what happened. And so there's just a couple of things in this that I want to highlight for you that I have experienced to cultivate a heart that God will land on and that you will share your faith, that you will have a God conversation. Two ingredients in the heart for listening to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus' final instructions when he was on earth, he said, wait in the city. Just wait in the city. Just, just wait. Just wait there. Just don't go anywhere. Just wait in the city. And I have found that if I keep my heart in a place, if I keep it, if it stays, if it stays in God's love, if it stays in love with the house of God, the people of God, and if my heart stays in that place of his love, and if it stays in a place where I'm thankful, always thankful, no matter what, if I'm always thanking, I'm always having a God conversation with someone because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you cannot contain love and you cannot contain when you are thankful. You cannot contain the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit just lands on that. That's what he lands on. It's not hard. That's what he lands on. And so the first thing I want to say to you this morning is stay in the Spirit. Stay in God's Spirit. In verse 8 it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it's so important that we partner with what God is doing. It's not up to you. It's Him through you. It's Him through you. And you are clothed with power. You have an anointing from God. You have the ability, when you don't have the ability, 
to love someone and to share the gospel. You might not have the words to say, but he does, and he will give you those words to speak into someone. You partner with him. He is known as the helper. He's known as the advocate or the divine encourager. And as we heard from Eleanor the other week, when Jesus walked on the water and and Peter said, I'll do that, I'll get out, that's what he does. He's like, yeah, you go, you come on. It's the same spirit of Christ and he'll go, yep, you go, yep. He's a divine encourager. He believes that you can. He knows what you can do and he fills in any gap. He's not the helper to help you with what you want to do. That's not his help. He will help you regardless. He just, I mean, I find him helping me at work all the time. And we heard from Eleanor again that flipping Caleb forgets things all the time, so he needs help. <laughs> but he helps us, he empowers us for what? For the purposes of Jesus. Jesus came to save, to seek and to save what was lost. That's what he said. The Son of Man has come to seek and save what was lost. And that's what the Holy Spirit will help us with. I was, had the privilege of hanging out with Craig Stevens, who I'm really looking forward to coming, Salvation Army guy. Just, he just loves people real hard. I said, Craig, what are you, you know, how's witnessing going? What are you, what are you doing? Because he's always telling someone about God. He says, well, if I'm in a room full of people, all I do is ask the Holy Spirit who to talk to, and then I talk to that person. Yeah, it's not hard, is it? I just make myself available. I just invite the Holy Spirit in. I just ask him. We were out at the beach. We thought we'd go and see the eclipse. This was during the week. So we, I'm, I'm about to put the kids in bed, and Mia's already gone to bed. And Ruth, is, I think it was Ruth or Grace, one of them is like, there's an eclipse. It's about to start. I want to see the eclipse. And we live behind the, the, the sort of the, mount, the hill a bit. There are no mountains in Australia here, but we live behind the hill. Uh, and so I thought, okay, we'll just drive down the street. And then Grace is like, but I want to go to the beach. And so, all right, well, it's not that far. And it's 8.30 at night. And I'm thinking, oh, they're going to be tired in the morning. Flip. Maybe I should go to work. Um, anyway, we drive out there. We pull up in the car park. We get out of the car. And right there are two girls that I went to school with. Now, I haven't seen one of them since the 90s. That's when I finished school in the 90s, going back to the 90s. And I've seen one, the other one, I've seen one of them, I saw one of them last year and had a brief chat. And so I'm just like, and I'm not in the mood to talk about God, you know. I just don't feel like it. I'm just, there's kids running around and I'm just like, don't you get in the sand because it's not our car. And if you get sand in the car, we're going to have to clean it. Don't you go down the next thing, Ruthie's down on the sand. I told you not to go down on the sand. Now we're going to have to, does you going to get in the sand in the car? You know, like a real bogan, dad, good on you, dad. Anyway, I'm chatting to these two women who I spent a good part of, of school, school with and I just say, okay, God, if you want something, I'm here. Holy Spirit, you take this. Um, you, 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 I welcome you here. I'm just praying under my breath. I'm just welcoming you here. And so she just starts, one of them, I, I hadn't actually talked too much at school. I just, we were at school, but you don't talk to everyone. So I just start chatting and we're just being friendly and um, she starts asking about, uh, about the girls and which school they go to and then in Greenpoint and then so she just starts talking about she just asked me about church I'll say you go to church then I'm like yes that's an easy way to get in isn't it <laughs> I mean I didn't have to come up with anything clever 
I'm not that clever anyway. I realized I'm actually really boring because, um, yeah, yeah, because my daughter asked me for a joke and I was like, yeah, joke. Jo-. And I had nothing. I was just, I couldn't even make any, I just, nah. I just went, oh, that's it. I am, I'm, I'm over 45. <laughs> when Eleanor declared that I was 45, I was like, cheering, I'm still young. And then that's gone. That was last year. Anyway, what an easy way in. And we had a, just a conversation about church and she had gone to church and wasn't going to church. And I was just like, church, it's great. Where do you live? She lives over at Point Clare. I said, well, you can come to our church, but there's plenty of good churches around. And just had this great conversation with her about God and about life and about church. And all I did was say, Holy Spirit, I'll just welcome you here. And then he did something in her life. And that's it. You just ask the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you to stay in the Holy Spirit. And to do that, the first thing that I notice in this scripture is that they were all together. And they were in one place. And do you realize that this is the first time the disciples have actually done this? Other versions say they were of one accord. Right before the Holy Spirit landed on them, they were of one accord. They had one heart. They had a oneness. And to do that, that's one of the ingredients of love. And so they loved each other in that moment. Matthew Henry, in his exposition of this, he says, And here they were with one accord. We cannot forget how often, while their master was with them, there were strifes among them. Who should be the greatest? But now all these strifes were at an end. We hear no more of them. They had prayed more together of late than usual, and this made them love one another better. By his grace, he thus prepared them for the gift of the Holy Ghost. For that blessed dove comes not on where there is noise and clamor, but moves upon the face of the still waters, not the rugged ones. Would we have the Spirit poured out upon us from on high? Let us be all of one accord, of oneness. They had a oneness. When I developed a critical attitude about Christian people, they say one thing and they do another. It came because when I was about 13 years old, I saw a guy have a go at another guy. And you know what I thought? I thought, that's not right. He shouldn't do that. And I didn't understand what was going on. I was young and here we were amongst a group of people, Christian people. My dad had taken me to this thing. And I saw this conflict go on and I just saw this Christian guy have a go at another Christian guy and I just thought, you know, that's, that's not right. That's, that's, that shouldn't be like that. And in my heart, I let, I let something develop that wasn't healthy. It was an attitude of they're hypocrites. They haven't got it together. And that attitude just sort of kept me away during my early teenage years about anything about God. No, those guys are idiots. They don't know what's going on. There was no love in that, in my heart, for those people. Because love demands that we actually have a free choice. That's one of the ingredients of love. You can't have love without having a free choice. And so many people let their sense of what is right and what is not right that shouldn't happen. He shouldn't have said that. They're not being loving to me. Why didn't they smile? Why didn't they talk to me? Why didn't they help me out when I was having a hard time? Why did that Christian person do that and affect my life so much? I don't want anything to do with God. 
Our sense of justice can sometimes really override the love that God is trying to get out to us. Love is a choice. Love is a decision. And God has made His decision. And God loves you. And it's easy to have God's love. It's easier to have, oh yeah, God loves me. I know about God's love. You know, we don't know how much God loves us. We don't. We, we sort of go on a journey of discovering more of His love, but there's always more of His love to discover. And I'm telling you this morning, God loves you. The disciples came up to Jesus and they said to Him, teach us how to pray. And He started with this. He went, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And He gave Him the Lord's Prayer. And I've heard people rattle that off, like it's the way you're supposed to pray all the time. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, will be done. And they just rattle that prayer. Our Father in heaven, our Father in our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven. Whose Father? Your Father. Whose Father? Father of all creation. Father, God is love. The Father of all love. Our Father in heaven. You know, God includes you in His love, and His love is unmeasured, un, unfathomable. Wonder why the universe is so big? It's to reflect His love. It's to show how big His love is. You, there is no end to the love of God. But the love for God's people, well, the devil loves to rub that one in the ground and get that one out of people's hearts. Because why? Because the Holy Spirit, that's what He lands on. That's what He comes in. And that's what He lands on God's people. When you love the house of God, when you love the people of God, you're going to welcome the Holy Spirit right there in that moment, everywhere you go. You're going to... Welcome the Holy Spirit. So we have a men's breakfast and I just invite anyone that I can. Why? Why do I invite people? So they come, so they have a bacon egg, free bacon egg roll. Why is that? Because I know someone's going to say something. Maybe there's going to be a shift in their thinking. Maybe someone's going to say, maybe they're going to talk to Caleb or they're going to talk to Mark. Maybe Chris is going to say something and it's going to shift their thinking. that They're going to draw nearer to the love of God. I love the house of God. I love the people of God. Yeah, we're not perfect, but you know what? God is. I don't have to be perfect. I just got to connect myself to him. He's the perfect one. And so I want people to have this love that is in this place, that is amongst this community that comes from here and goes out. So I just invite people. Why? Because I want them to experience the love of God. And the love of God is in the house of God. This is what the Holy Spirit comes and He lands on. And it's so important that you keep your heart in a place where you're not dictated by what you think is right and what's not right, that you just let it go. That you just come to a place of the cross and forgive and move on and let God work through whatever pain and whatever thing because... The Holy Spirit wants to land on you and he lands when you love the people of, that Jesus loves. You can't sort of, you know, on my wedding day, imagine, uh, imagine going witnessing, right, and just sharing the gospel with someone and then not having a people to tell them to come, come and be our community. Imagine me telling someone the goodness of God and then going, oh, yeah, but don't come to church because those people, I'm not so sure about them. They did this thing to me when I was 13 years old and I just cannot forgive them. It doesn't work like that. The Holy Spirit wants to land on a place and bring them where? Into his bride. Yeah. Imagine they're getting married and, and Sarah comes out and she's walking down the aisle and someone going, oh, I'm not quite sure about that. To me, I'd be like, who are you? 
this is the bride. This is the bride. This is the apple of his eye. Love. God loves you. But the Holy Spirit wants to land on the love that you have for his people. And they had one accord. All right, the, the next thing. To stay in. Jesus said, wait in the city. They went there. They waited. They got, they just started loving each other for the first time because they'll often just be like, I'm better than you. Which is a weird argument that they have. But to stay in thankfulness is the next thing to keep your heart in and see the Holy Spirit land on you. And in verse 14, it says, They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And, you know, I could have said stay in prayer. But I think, well, in my experience, there's a, a foundation underneath prayer coming to God in thankfulness. And so there they were, joining together constantly, praising God, thanking God, rejoicing, giving him, giving him praise in this place. And it's so important that we're always on the front foot of thankfulness, of being grateful, of being thankful. I'm so grateful for those encounters that I had, for people that witnessed to me. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, God's will says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And a natural outcome of a thankful heart is to tell someone how good God is. That's the natural outcome of a thankful heart, a heart that has love going on for God's people. You're thankful for things. The natural outcome is to share Jesus with people. That's what just what comes out when you're thankful. And we, there's these butchers, uh, wholesale butchers, and they've made themselves T-shirts to work in. And these T-shirts say, eat, sleep, cut meat. It's not very inspiring at all. <laughs> hey, eat, sleep, cut meat. Eat, sleep, cut meat. Eat, sleep, cut meat. It's like this cycle of like existence that goes on in people's lives. Eat, sleep, cut meat. And I found myself in that cycle last year going through COVID and some, some real um, challenges with work. Uh, I had a whole heap of staff leave. We had 26 staff and we dropped down to six in a matter of months, which put a huge amount of, well, it felt, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a huge amount of pressure on me to, to work through this job. We had two of our biggest jobs we'd ever done in that time and one of them was two-thirds of the way through, which I'm thankful they got it to that point. But they all walked off that job. And then I had another job where we had you know, just a huge amount of work to do. And I got into a bit of an eat, sleep, cut, meat kind of routine. It was just get into bed, get up, go to work, come home, kids, uh, tired, pray. Oh, God, how you going? Hope you're doing well because I'm doing this. Eat, sleep, cut, meat, eat, sleep, <laughs> cut, meat. And so people just live their lives like that. And so I was telling Eddie some of this stuff, and he basically just gave me a spiritual slap on the face. Um, he just said, because, you know, when you get into those, those modes, you just whatever you start, people start complaining, and then you find you're talking about the stuff that goes on in your heart, uh, what's going on, what's, what's going on in your heart just comes out your mouth. And so I found I was talking more about the challenges at work and the issues that I was facing with COVID and heaps of people lost businesses and it was a challenging time. But there's something else to talk about. And so after I had this little conversation with Eddie and he prayed for me, 
I was like, man, I just got to come back to a place where I'm thanking God because his word says that all things work out together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So I'm just going to thank him for this because I know that this is going to be better. And I'm, I'm well on the other side of that now and praise God all that happened, uh, even though it was really, really quite difficult at the time. But I, I just thought, all right, I've got to get my head up and I've got to start thanking God. So I just start thanking him. And what are you thanking God for? What are you thanking him for? I just start thanking him. I just, well, you just start with the cross, don't you? You just start there. You just start thanking him for that. And you just thank him, thank him, I've got this wonderful wife. Thank him for that, I have got this business. Thank him for, just, just thank God for something. Just, just start with that and you'll find that his presence will come on what you're thanking him, while you're thanking him. The disciples didn't have a problem with this. They just started preaching the gospel in Jerusalem at the temple. They just preached the gospel. When they were told not to, they went, oh, well, we've got to obey God. So they went back and they preached the gospel. They got put in prison. When they got out of prison, they went back and they preached the gospel again. They got flogged and they went away. They were praising God. They were thanking him. They were just thanking God all the time. Always thankfulness. Always being thankful. And we need to have a focus on being thankful because this is what the Holy Spirit lands on. He comes in and he lands on this stuff. And you, when you are thanking God, you are likely to share the gospel with someone. You are likely to say, hey, it's all right. You know, I know this person. Let me pray for you. I'm thanking God. We need to make thankfulness loud. And a heart that's thankful will naturally draw near to God. A heart that's worshipping and thankful about what God is doing will naturally just... Get his presence. Psalm 100 and verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And you will find that all that stuff just washes away. You want to know what those wings are that Joe was talking about? They're the wings of praise, of just giving thanks to God to rise you above. Whatever the challenges are, whatever they are, and God will reveal himself. He will reveal his nature and his love and he will reveal someone that's right there for you to witness to, to share the gospel with, to say, God is good. You know, you know, I know this God. I know things can be tough sometimes, but you know, God is really good. God is really good. So I'm just down at Bunnings and I'm just there and I see this girl and that I know and I just start chatting to her. She's got this, so I just pray for her right there. She doesn't get healed, but the, the motivation, I'm just trying to listen to God, welcome God in, and it's important that people know that God loves them. And to do that, you actually have to do something. But if you cultivate love in your heart and a thankful approach, you'll find he will, he will move through you. So I'm just in the car with two, two guys. They're telling me about their school. They went to Henry Kendall High School. I went to Henry Kendall High School last century. It's all right. So there's this little bit of time. So they're telling me about Henry Kendall and I'm telling them about Henry Kendall and then they go on to what happens after school. So then I go on to what happens after school, which is a natural progression into my personal testimony about what God has done and I just witness to them. It's not hard. You just welcome that Holy Spirit into those moments. Can I have the band come up, please? We just need to have an intention to share the gospel. And you do that. When you rise above the cares and the worries and the things of this world and whatever anyone said and you are thankful to God and you love the people of God, you'll find the Holy Spirit will just start to land on you and just say, hey, there's a person over here. You just welcome him into that moment. Come on, why don't we stand and pray this morning? Yeah, Holy Spirit, we would just thank you that even if we can't understand or we don't see what we think we should, 
or we're not sure there's an uncertainty, we know, Lord God, your goodness. We thank you for your love. Lord, help us to have a, a, be in a place where we are receiving your love and also in a place where, where we need to let some things go and love you, Lord God. I just thank you, Lord, for your great love poured out on that cross for us. And I bless that to us that we would be the people who love you. We just thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, you're, you said, Lord, that love each other. You said to love each other and by this all men will know that we are yours. And so I just thank you for your love for us. And I pray that you would help us to have eyes, Lord God, to see other people, to see each other as you see us, Lord God. Not how we see people, but how you see us, Lord, as the apple of your eye, as, as deeply precious, Lord God. We pray, Father, for eyes to see people today as you see them. Lord God, in your love. And we are thankful for what you've done here in this place. We are thankful for our time in this community to share your love with people. And we bless every person that we're praying for. We just thank you, Lord God, that the fields are ripe for harvest in this time. And whether people have said, oh, the Central Coast, people are comfortable, people don't need God. Well, you said that the fields are ripe for harvest. And so we bless the opening of God in people's hearts. Lord God, the one size fits all place where you belong, Lord God, in the people that we're praying for, believing for. We bless them today, Lord God, that you would be known in their hearts in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Lord God. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Ah!